0: Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he's given me, but raise him up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And I'll refer to that first, verse, verse 49. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I'll raise him up at the last day. It's written in the prophets, they'll all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who's from God, only he's seen the Father. I tell you the truth he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. And here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise him up at last day. For my flesh is real food. And my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as a living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread, will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. You can find the, um, the foundations of that synagogue, or possibly that synagogue, in Capernaum today. So they know almost exactly where he stood, you know, where that teaching went on. It's amazing though. This morning, um, you know, I'm preaching from uh, John six fifty-two to fifty-nine. I haven't been well all week. I'm sorry, and I'm still not well, so I'll just keep it brief. Briefly, probably, normal. Um, but I hope you, I hope you understand these tremendously important things that I'm going to talk to you about. Now, you know, I think it's true in, in any culture: Indian, Filipino culture, Chinese culture. European culture that eating the flesh of a human being it is not a very good thing, <laughs> is it? Right? And uh, you know it, it once went on here in New Zealand, and um, but it, it generally fills people with disgust, doesn't it? And, and all right. And uh, you know they, I think people everywhere, all over the world, generally do not accept that it's normal, acceptable behaviour in any culture. And if it is found, you know, it's found in in cultures that are that are really descending to a lower level at that point, anyway. Because I think deep in our hearts, human beings uh, know that's not that's not acceptable that we should eat eat human flesh. Although you know, in extreme circumstances, when people. as they were a while ago, lost in a plane crash in the Andes, and I think they did actually eat the flesh of human beings. They were killed in the accident, so that they could survive. I think we can understand something about that, but it's still, to us, sort of disgusting, really, isn't it, when we think of a human being eating flesh. And, um, you know, when Jesus said this, he, he chose every word, didn't he? And he, and he deliberately said it in this way to shock people and to make them carry the remarks away from the from the preaching to their homes and to their work so that they would think of these things and dwell on these things and try and understand what, what's really being said by Jesus. But it absolutely disgusted them because some people took it at face value and believed that in some weird way, you know, he was actually asking them to eat his flesh, and drink his blood, which they rightly thought was disgusting. But there, you know, there was a division within his audience, and, and there were clearly people who, who didn't see it that way, and who were trying to understand it in a different way. And it, And I think this is, you know, this is just a sort of marvellous illustration, isn't it, of what goes on. Whenever Jesus preaches, whenever the gospel, the good news of Jesus is preached, um, there's a division in the audience and, and people sort of separate, don't they, between those who listen and hear the words of Jesus and dwell on the words of Jesus and those who 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 can't see anything in those words except what they can see on the surface. And and Jesus quite deliberately uh, presented a lot of his material in this way, in what he called parables or stories, which had a kind of a surface meaning, and yet which often, always, had some deeper meaning. And those that that were led by God to believe understood, came to understand that meaning. And so, you know, there's that division that, that, that in the audience. People separate over the, the words of Jesus Christ. Now, how are we ever going to understand the words of Jesus? If, if you're not a Christian today and you're here, you know, for, for the first time maybe, or if there's such a person here today, or if you've come several times, a number of times, and you're still not sure of the Christian faith... You know, how are you ever going to understand what Jesus says? How are you ever going to believe in what Jesus says? You need His help. You need the help of the, of the Holy Spirit. You need the help of, of the Lord Himself. No one can come to, to me unless the Father who sent me um, leads Him. You know, Jesus said that in verse 44. So he made it abundantly clear that you know, that we need something more than just intellect and, and mental understanding. We, we, need, we need spiritual help. We need the help of God to understand the words of Jesus Christ. I was just sort of, you know, before we move into just two points, I was just reading with, um, with Levi um, the other day a book by one of my most wonderful friends of Leroy Holmes, who had the most formative effect on my life of any other human being probably um, in terms of the, the way I live my life and ministry and he wrote a, a lovely book on, on um, you know, things new Christians need to know and he talked in the preface about his friend John who he met at a university campus and this guy had just arrived at MIT which is one of the most prestigious universities in the whole of the united states you know and this guy just become a christian and he asked leroy to to just tell him some things about the christian faith and and leroy being the man he was just seized the opportunity and helped him helped him the next day and went on helping him for years through through letters and through phone calls and he just mentions that as an aside as the background to how this book came about, you know, with all the material that he told his, his friend John. But you know, Leroy's like God. He he learned all of that from God. He learned all of that from Jesus and his training at the Twelve. He learned that that you know that you need to keep on helping. And that's what God does with us. He keeps on helping us. He, helps us at the beginning he keeps on helping us to understand that's why every day when we come to the bible we need to sort of in our own words say lord open my eyes so i may see wonderful things from your lord we need to pray like this you know we need to come to god and ask god to help us understand god's book That's simple isn't it You yeah. know. well jesus here tells the people two things. He gives them them a directive telling them what to do. And then he gives them a piece of assurance. We'll just dwell on those two things. Just briefly. The directive. Now this is what he says. We must eat his flesh and drink his blood. We've already commented a little bit on that. But he says at the beginning of that little comment there, unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now, you know, on the surface, again, he seems to be telling us that, and you know, this is the way he put it, and he put it deliberately this way, he seems to be saying, you know, unless you do it, it's, 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 a, um, it's, it, it's a conditional thing. You know, if you, if you don't get up and off your seat and do it, you know, um, this won't happen. Uh, I won't be giving you what I want to give you, as though everything were dependent upon us. But we know from the rest of the passage, when we read John chapter 6, of all the chapters in the Bible, John chapter 6 tells us that actually, you know, our coming to Him is because He helps us come. He causes us to come. So why did He say it this way? Unless you eat His flesh and drink His blood. He said it that way because He just wants to underline, underline the fact. But you will not be his unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood. You are, you are not his unless you believe. A believing person is his. A coming person is his. He helps you come. He, he, do, he does the coming. He does the believing. But you must come. You must believe. You know, that those things are found believing and coming in every Christian person. I've never heard of a true Christian who doesn't believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not a Christian, you know. But how did he come to believe on our Lord Jesus Christ? Because the Lord opened his heart and caused him to believe and come. You know, it's one of those marvellously sort of complex and yet fairly simple things that's written clearly in the Bible. And though, you know, on the surface you won't understand it, it's sort of like two railway tracks which right in the distance join and they become clear, sort of simple truths. You know, that these, both these things are to be are true. He causes us to come and yet we are to believe. And so, you know, this is, this is, is said so clearly. You have to eat his flesh and you have to drink his blood. Now, I've, you know, thought a lot about what is that actually mean? You know, it's clearly sort of illustrated in the Lord's Supper, which we have one month, every month. But I don't think it's directly talking about the Lord's Supper. It's certainly not meaning that the Lord's Supper saves us. Heaven forbid, you know, the Lord's Supper doesn't save us, just like baptism doesn't save us. Ooh, no, that's not true. But they do speak about it what we're talking about in John 6, that we have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. No, you know, I think it's talking about a deep intaking into our hearts of Jesus Christ. That's, that's all I can say there. you. know, that's, that's, that's the point. A deep intaking into our hearts of Jesus Christ. And I've thought of several sort of little illustrations of that. One would be the the little birds, you know? Have you ever seen little sparrows and little birds here in New Zealand? They've got enormous mouths, which are kind of accentuated in kind of a different colour from normal when they grow up. And those mouths are wide open. And as soon as they hear their mother bird coming, you know, their mouths are wide open. And the, the biggest mouth gets the biggest word, you know, kind of thing. Is that right? And and that's, that's how we're to be, you know, to drink as drink his blood and eat his flesh. And it's a bit like you know, being in a room, stuffy room, and you rush out doors and take great gulps of, of fresh air, you know? Or, or you have been locked up in a dark room and you rush outside and just face the sunlight with your eyes closed. Take all that sunlight in. And that's what we're to do with Jesus Christ. We're, we're to take Jesus in and have him within so that he remains in us and we remain in him. And what we're taking in particularly is not merely Jesus Christ. If I said just that and finished it there, that's utterly inadequate because it does say, eat his flesh and drink his blood. And he's there referring to the most sort of violent aspect of Christ, his cross. Some would say his cross work, you know, when he died for our sins. We'd, we'd take that into our hearts and hold that cross work yes. as being for us, that he died for our sins. So there's, the, there's what's, what, the, what we must do as, as, as Christians, if, if we're to be saved, if we're to be his people. That must be be found In us. Now the question I wanted to ask is, is everyone here in the room absolutely sure that they've done that? You know? And you're all sure, because you can do it right now in your chair, you know, where you're sitting. You can can take Christ and His cross work, His dying on the cross for our sins, and say, yes, it's it's mine. And though I I don't understand all of it now, Um, I I want it now. I want him now. And I'll take him now. All of him. I want to be like the little bird. And have all of him now. And I'm trusting in all of him wholly now for the forgiveness of sins. And that's what he wants us to do. And he says, unless you do that, you know, then you're not mine. Now, are you going to do that this morning? The second thing is that assurance thing. I, I, you probably noticed, you know, I kind of try to accentuate it a little bit, that bit that has eternal life. Did you notice that? It's sort of littered through that passage. Has eternal life. He doesn't say it once. I don't think he even says it five times. He says it more than that, you know, has eternal life. Uh, he wants us to be absolutely confident that if we have him, and believe on His cross for the forgiveness of sins, then we have eternal life and He'll raise us up on the last day. Now, if you, if you know anything about me, and my wife knows me well, you know, and when, we, when we go on holiday, if I ever go overseas or any, any new place I've never been to, any be Zealand, you know, I think if I'm in town, the two places I most enjoy going to, certainly the first one will always be a fruit and vegetable shop. I, I just absolutely love fruit and vegetable shops because they're my whole background and my family for many, many generations going right back into England. We had fruit and vegetable shops. So I love fruit and vegetable shops, but I also love bakeries. You know? There's a very, very good one, by the way, at, at Point Chef called Daily Bread. Have you, do you know that one? Expensive bread, but daily bread. But you know, it's bakeries and fruit shops, uh, they're just so wonderful. But you know, the sad thing is, and this is, this is, it's meant to be this way. It's meant to be that nothing on earth will ever satisfy you. That's, he put us here to learn that lesson, and we have to learn that lesson every day, that you'll never be satisfied with your clothes from America, gentlemen. And, you know, and you'll never be satisfied with whatever it is you're getting now. You know, it, it will never be enough. You'll always have to go elsewhere or go somewhere else, or go again. You know, because it will never ever be enough. It won't fill like the and that's because it's not real living bread or fruit and vegetables. And and that's that's something that's that's said, it's not said of Jesus. Jesus is the opposite. Jesus is the living bread, verse 51, isn't he? He's the real bread. Um, he, he really said that this sort of thing to the woman at the world. Exactly the same sort of point. If you have this water, oh, you'll be back tomorrow for more water. You'll need water, 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 water. bread, bread, m- m- fruit and vegetables, milk that goes on and on and on. You'll, you'll have to do it right to the end of never be satisfied have you learned that lesson that nothing here on earth will ever satisfy you, but I will you know? if you come to me I'll satisfy you. You come to me and it's not so you only have to drink once you know you, you, you drink once and you go on drinking of oh, Jesus Christ, but you'll never go elsewhere you never have to go to any other bread source of water. He's He's done it all. He satisfies us completely and we now, because of Him, we do live, we have everlasting life. Something we wanted, something in that woman at the world, well, she thought, oh, wonderful, you know. I could, if I had living water, I, I could, um, I'd never have to come back to this well again. And she had the kind of a wrong idea of what the water was. He he was talking about something far more profound than the woman, the water from the well, from the tap, you know. He was talking about something that he gives the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting, which when he gives it to us, satisfies us deeply, and we don't ever need to go elsewhere. And that's why over and over again in the text, he just says, has eternal life. And here's the question again. Has everyone in the room believed on our Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have eternal life? Are there people here who are ready to come to me or hungry today and say, I want to be baptized soon in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I want to come and have the Lord's Supper next time we have the Lord's Supper. There I mean, people like this in the room who want to do that. If there are, you should, you should speak to me. You should speak to him. Because um, this is what Jesus wants you to do now. He's he saying these things now because he wants effects in our lives. He wants you to, to do what he calls on us to do. He's not just talking to the air. He's talking to us to, to do things and to change things. In our lives. So listen to me well this morning, listen to Jesus well this morning. And I don't think you'll ever, ever forget that shopping phrase unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you are no part of me. You know? No eternal life. Pretty solid, isn't it? Pretty, pretty absolute. It's spray.